welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michelle Jane. And I'm your other host, Jessica Payne. Hi, everyone. Hi, Michelle. Hi, so welcome back. We've had a little break. We had a little break because Jess is free. Yes, I'm free. I finally left my job. So I had a really, really busy two to three weeks, really, just tying up all of my loose ends, finishing off all of my work, handing everything over. And it's just, it was just crazy busy, stressful. But yes, this is my first week now as 100% full-time coach, which I'm loving so far. Split all my check-ins up from a Saturday. So I've got them across um, weekdays now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's much more manageable and yeah, loving life so far. I mean, I'm only on day two, but loving it. (laughs) And then you were on holiday as well. How was that? Yeah, it was nice. I went down to Breen, so not too far away. Um, weather wasn't fantastic, but it was just nice just to chill out. I haven't actually had any time off off since November 2019. So it was just nice just to take a few days off. Um, so obviously my husband's working hard as well. He's got his own business. So it was just nice for us just to take a few days and chill out. We just walked a lot, chilled out on the beach. It was nice. Oh, lush. Yeah, you definitely have to do that sometimes, don't you? Like, I can't remember the last time I had a day off. Um, Well, actually, I had two weeks off in May 2020, but that's when I started to form my business idea. So I was pottering away working every day then. And uh, yeah, obviously for the last year. So this Saturday was uh, my first Saturday off in a year, my first weekend off. And I didn't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I literally just chilled out and thought I feel really lazy I don't know what to do I'm not going to do that every Saturday but I just thought I need it I needed one day to just be a lazy a lazy moo and just not do anything (laughs) I did go to the gym though so that was good my first gym session back would you believe it nice yeah but you have got your own little gym though you you, you don't want to you know people think you're the same lazy of just going back to the gym yeah I know actually got like a pretty sweet home gym. <laughs> She's got a Smith machine. Who the hell has a Smith machine in a home gym? I know. I have. I got a Smith machine, a squat. No, a, not a squat rack. I got a Smith machine, a cable machine, and a full rack of dumbbells, a treadmill, a spin bike. So, yeah, I've got quite a bit of stuff. Sorry, there's loads of noise going on outside my house and my window. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry about all that racket that you've just heard, but that's what it's like. But yeah, I have been training, just not following like a structured training plan for a long time now because I get into it and then I get too busy. So I've been training sort of as and when I can rather than following a structure, which obviously is absolutely key. So yeah, I haven't been making any progress, just plodding along. So now I'm I'm back in the game. I've got gym nice. back into my uh, daily routine every day now. And oh my God, I am aching honestly (laughs) every single inch of my body absolutely kills right now I'm in so much pain I've I've done three workouts in a row now so lower upper lower and I'm supposed to be doing upper today but I I am now thinking maybe I should follow my own advice listen to what (laughs) I would tell my clients take a rest today and then carry on tomorrow so I think I'll have to do that today but um, yeah, how's your training going? Give us the updates on on you because you've got a bit of an update. I have, and everyone's going to go, it doesn't make sense. What are you doing? Because I said, I'm never going to compete ever again. I am so competitive and I'm a believer. If, it's, if you can't stop thinking about something, then just do it. 
Um, I am competing again. One more time. <laughs> in November. So 7th of November, I am going to be competing again. Last time. Definitely the last time this time. So the reason for competing, you probably, hopefully you would have heard the reverse dieting podcast. I didn't reverse diet after my last um my last show so i just want to do it properly this time not just the prep the prep i was 100 percent, but people don't realize that the after show is part of the process as well yeah and i did i just didn't do it um when my posing was absolutely shit so on stage everyone's <laughs> turning to the right and i turned to the back so i want to <laughs> i want to actually look like that i belong up there so i want to perfect my posing i placed ninth at a 14 which i made top 10 which is good so that was second call out. So I want to make first call out, which is top six. And I just want to do the reverse diet improperly. So I feel like I've got unfinished business because I didn't do it properly the first time. So I want to do it again, just to see if my posing can be better. I look better. I actually have some muscle on stage instead of just looking really lean. Um, and yeah, into the reverse diet properly and just see if I can place in first call outs. Um, so I am going to compete one more time and Aww, then I am okay. hanging up my shoes. So I am starting prep properly from the weekend. Um, so I'll be doing 18 weeks again. Oh, amazing. Well, like you said, if you can't stop thinking about it, then you just have to go for it sometimes if your heart's telling you that you want to do that. And, yeah. you know, the only competition in, in a comp prep is yourself and is the previous version of yourself and not just in the package that you bring on stage like you just said in your whole approach to it in the approach to the posing your approach to the reverse diet afterwards so like you said if you felt like you didn't do it properly last time I don't blame you for wanting to just you know go through it one more time to do it yeah I'm doing it. a bit more flexible this time so I'm doing the flexible diet in um for now um and like last time, even though I had like disordered eating, it wasn't, it didn't come on by competing. I had it before competing. Yeah. So people are like, oh, you're not worried. I have a friend. You're not worried. I was like, no, I'm in a really good place now. And it wasn't because of competing. I had disordered eating. Yeah. It was before that. So, um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm just um, ready to get lean now. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, I'm ready to get lean as well. I'm honestly the... I'm in the worst shape that I've been in uh, for a long time, really. But, you know, it's not always your priority in life. And I'm a firm believer in that. And what I tell my clients as well is just what we're going through at the time. My priority for the last year has been growing my business, working two full time jobs and just building up and helping my clients. You know, they've been my 100 percent focus now that I am out of my full time job. I can now focus on, you know, my own physique goals as well. So nice. nothing crazy planned for me. I just want to lean down, see what, if any, muscle I've built over the last year or so. And then I'll do a reverse diet probably over the winter period then as well, just to, I'll know that I'll want to build up more muscle. So I'm going to lean down, get myself in a nice starting position and then diet back up. But not going to be doing it in any rush i like eating high calories i'm going to eat high calories just train really hard and follow a structured plan and go with the flow so hopefully in 18 weeks i'll sort of follow you along on your prep i won't go quite as strict so just is doing prep with me <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm gonna do a half supportive prep <laughs> but no uh, hopefully you know over that 18 weeks i will you know progress and lean down a little bit as well so i feel a little bit more 
comfortable and get back to my position that I was in in sort of October year, October time last year when I was in a really good position. And I'd like to have a photo shoot or something, so I'll probably get something booked in and make that my little goal, which I think is always nice. nice. But yeah, and what one more other bit of news? What have you got under your desk? I have got a little puppy, <laughs> Carter. Yeah. An absolute nightmare. Now, is it all right? It's a bit weird because if you bring him upstairs, it's good as gold, which is good for me. Bring him upstairs yeah. and he'll just sit under my desk. But as soon as I take him downstairs, he just goes wild. I was going to say, he's been absolutely silent since we've been talking so far, bless him. Yeah, and he loses it up here. He'll come straight up the stairs and go straight in his basket and he'll stay there. And then downstairs, he's just nuts. He'll just run everywhere, chew everything, bite me. Pee and shit everywhere, which is fantastic. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I don't envy you there. Not at all. But yeah, he is cute, though. Oh, bless But him. I think I've had an allergic reaction to him today. <laughs> oh, I know. Your chest. Cute but, um, yeah, hopefully it's, it's not him. It's um, all it goes. It's just a little phase. Yeah, you'll get used to it. Well, you'll have to now. You'll just have to take the <laughs> means every day. <laughs> It's like someone to do my steps with now. He can't go out yet, though. He can't go out for another four weeks, but... Oh, but yeah, that'll be lovely. That's why he goes wild downstairs, because he's, he's not going for a walk or anything. And he's a cocker spaniel, and they need to be walked. Ah. And... So, um, yeah, he's a bit wild at the minute. Bless him. You can't even take him in your own garden or anything, can you, right now? I can take him just to go be careful, because he hasn't had his jabs yet. Right. So, and I've got, I have got cats that come into, well, they use my garden to walk through. Yeah. So I take him out the little bit, um, try and get him to go to the toilet outside. But, um, yeah, I can't take him out, out. I wouldn't let him, like, roam the little bit of garden that no. I've got. Let the cats go in there and stuff. Yeah, I'm not job yet. Oh, fair enough. Oh, well, how cute. You've got your own little mascot now. Well, I'm sure it'll help get you through prep as well. That's exciting. A little Carter. Yeah. Okay, well, it's nice to be back and hopefully now, you know, we'll have a good run of these weekly podcasts and we're going to start today with just a Q&A and um, we did do, well, we asked questions, it was two weeks ago, I think, on our I, yeah, break. yeah, and then we accidentally had a bit of a break, so now we're going to answer those questions, so <laughs> apologies to all those who are waiting um, a while for the answers, but here we go, so I'll kick off with the first question that we've got then. So that is, what is the biggest mistake people make when trying to lose weight? Okay, so I think there are, I don't think there's one biggest mistake that people make because there are several that, you know, all of us have made in the past and some continue to make. But some of the main ones that come to my mind would be doing too much too soon. So, you know, people go from doing absolutely nothing at all to suddenly saying, right, I'm going on a diet. I'm going to start running five times a week. I'm going to cut my calories to like 1200 calories a day and just eat salads. And then you're like, whoa, that is to go from, you know, you're going from zero to a hundred there. That's way too much too soon. I think people just don't realize that you just need to take it slow and steady. And that's going to be a much more sustainable manner of doing it some people are going to have these goals where you know they want a 12 week transformation or whatever for a holiday or a wedding prep or something like that but you know the vast majority of the time is so much better to just take it slow take it steady make it sustainable and not overcomplicate it because by throwing everything in at once i feel like 
you don't really have much more room for maneuver then later on apart from you know adding even more cardio or taking the calories even lower which not isn't necessarily a problem as such as long as you know you've got a plan to get out of the diet it's just most people can't then stick to it because it becomes too overbearing too not sustainable yeah yeah it's not sustainable it's not realistic so it's not in the fact that there's really anything wrong with it provided you've got a, a decent plan to get yourself back out in a healthy manner but yeah i think just too much too soon um then there's not being patient expecting overnight success and just giving up too soon so you know a lot of people will go from they might have been yo-yo dieting for you know five years and they're like i just need to lose this weight now i'm desperate and they get three weeks into the plan and they haven't dropped 10 pounds and (laughs) they're just massively stressing but what they don't realize is yes you might have dropped two pound but that's two pounds of actual fat that you've just lost that we're gonna sustain because i'm showing you how to do it and then you know if you look at all those years of yo-yo dieting where you've gone back and forth back and forth back and forth you haven't really progressed anywhere anyway so that three weeks feels really slow and like oh i'm not i'm not moving as fast as i thought i would but if you continue to do that you know and make that progress over the coming weeks months years think of how much further you're going to have gone if you like you know if you are patient and you don't throw in the towel than if you just give up because you don't think you're getting anywhere because nine times out of ten you're going to go back to where you started and then just start again from the same position in six months time so then you still progress nowhere um cutting out food groups yes that is another big one like i'm not gonna eat like monday comes you're going on a diet i'm not gonna eat any carbs but you love bread like that's not gonna last long is it like come on i know and I think one big one, it's not like a food group because obviously they still eat carbs, but so many people try to cut out sugar, which is yeah. fine. It's a good goal to have and, you know, base your diet on, you know, non-processed whole food. But it's not the sugar that's made them overweight. No. It's the accumulation of all the calories. Exactly. So I think what people do then is they go on this massive thing of cutting out so cutting out sugar but they take it to extreme levels then where they're analyzing the sugar in anything and they're like oh it can't touch that it's got a gram of sugar in it when actually that then is also going to become unsustainable i think all of these things lead to it being unsustainable because people try and be a bit too too restrictive at first and it's just not a fun way to live i think you can sort of do that for a couple of weeks but as it becomes longer term, then you start to feel the effects and you can't go out and just enjoy a nice normal meal with your friends and because you can't really eat anything off the menu. And I think that's when it starts to become a little bit crap then and people might start to to fall off the wagon a little bit. Whereas if they'd just been a little bit more flexible with themselves, then they could have progressed a little bit further and made it the process a bit more enjoyable. Another one I think is judging progress solely on the scales oh that's so frustrating (laughs) yeah this is one that we obviously both have a lot of experience in with working with multiple clients and with ourselves as well because you know we're all guilty of standing on the scales and moaning oh god it hasn't gone down yet oh i thought i mean i do it myself still sometimes and my coach is like you know this Mm -hmm. and i'm like i know (laughs) so it is difficult but never judge your progress solely on the scale weight because there's so many things that can affect that scale 
it's going to fluctuate up and down every day over the course of the week, especially being females. You know, we've got so much mm-hmm. going on in terms of hormones and when we're on our periods or whichever part of our cycle we're in, we might be holding extra water. We might have just eaten more carbohydrates the day before and be holding more um, water, more glycogen in our cells. We might have been a little bit stressed or tired. So again, we're holding a bit of water. We might not have been to the toilet. So that's going to, you know, so many factors, so many factors can affect that scale weight. And that's a big reason why I like my clients to weigh themselves on a daily basis. So I can see that trend over the course of a whole week. So we're not judging it just by that one snippet of time over the course of a week. But yeah, so I always recommend, you know, even if somebody just messages me for advice, I always say take progress pictures, take starting pictures and take them in the same place in the same outfit then every either week or every two weeks just to monitor progress and measurements as well. If you want to take measurements too, I would measure, you know, your hips, your waist, your thighs, your arms, just the main areas, just to see if you're making progress that way as well. So then you've got a bigger picture and you're not just relying on that one thing because I think in my experience so many people like react and respond in different ways I've got some clients who consistently will drop a pound or two pounds every single week for weeks and weeks on end and then I've got other clients whose weight just doesn't change at all but yet they're dramatically changing in their pictures their measurements going down I've got clients who drop on the scale yet their measurements don't show it at all so they might be measuring in the wrong place. I don't know. But I think if you've got those three areas, then you're not relying solely on that one thing just because people put so much um, pressure on themselves then and they put so much onto that scale weight. I mean, I've been there several times in the past where I'll, I'll get it. I'll feel really good. I'm like, yeah, I feel leaner today. My belly's going down stand on the scale as a pound up and then it ruins my entire day yeah i always used to yeah to get up i felt great had a good night's sleep i feel leaner feel good got loads of energy loads of positives get on the scales what the fuck and then naturally it just puts me in a shit mood i have a shit day just because i weigh like a pound mine was i had a thing about weighing over nine stone even if i was eight stone 13 i'd be happy but if i got on the scales and i was nine stone it would absolutely ruin my day just for the uh, sake of being like one pound heavier i know now i'm like nine stone five and loving life but um yeah, yeah, i don't care anymore but um yeah it's funny isn't it yeah it's it funny so yeah i think those are my top things that that spring to mind off the top of my head is just impatience doing too much too soon trying to overcomplicate the pro the process process and uh yeah just you know focusing solely on that scale weight as a way of monitoring your progress can you think of any more michelle awesome no i think that's it i think you could quite well okay what's the next question question two so what does mind to muscle connection mean so basically, mind to muscle connection is continuously feeling the muscle work through the range of motion to enhance the muscle fiber recruitment and activation. So the more um, that you think about the muscle, um, the more you're going to feel it. So like, for instance, what I always tell my clients to do is to make sure they got the phone on airplane mode. 
um, so you don't get distracted. Um, you can still have Bluetooth when your phone, because my client's like, oh, but I use Bluetooth. You can still use Bluetooth when your phone's on airplane mode. Um, and really think about the muscle and connect with the muscle when you're um, weight training. So it's basically, so it's telling your brain the targeted muscles um, that they need to contract. So this is important because improved mind to muscle connection means the more muscle fibers are being um, forced whilst training. So what I want you to do is to do a test. So next time you're in the gym or at home, so try doing warm-up sets. So high reps, 15 to 20 with a very low weight. Um, close your eyes and really concentrate on the muscle. So let's say, let's do a bicep curl. So I really want you to concentrate on the bicep. So when you bring the, the weight up, really think about the bicep as you're coming up. Pause at the top and really squeeze it, and then down really slow. So close your eyes and really think about the, the muscle being used. So basically, mind to muscle connection is really thinking about the muscle being used while you're weight training. It's really important. Like I felt the difference doing glutes. Never, ever used the feeling in my glutes, ever. Whatever I did, kickbacks, hip thrusts. Um, never felt it in my glutes at all. It wasn't until I brought the weight down, especially hip thrusts, I brought the weight down um, and I really concentrated on, I got my bitch face on so nobody talks to me, uh, really concentrate on the muscle being used, like push through my heels, really slow down the movement, squeeze the bum at the top. It wasn't until I brought the weight down and really concentrated on connecting with the glutes that I can actually feel it in my glutes. And it's made a massive difference. I haven't got the biggest glutes. I'm not blessed with glutes. But it's made a massive difference to my glutes by using mind-to-muscle connection. Dropping the weight, slowing the movement down, and really feel it in the muscle being worked. Anything to add, Jessica? No, just I completely agree completely agree i was the same i used to do hip thrusts so heavy i mean i can still do them heavy but if i really want to focus and squeeze i do tend to drop drop the weight down quite a lot i think back for me over the years has been an area that i've had um, trouble with on and off i'll go through phases where i'm like oh i can't really feel it in my back and i mean i can now but every now and again i have to stop myself mid-set and that's okay to do. Like if there's no point in just going through the motions on an exercise just for the sake of it. Like if you're not thinking about it and using the muscles properly, then put the weight down, stop, readjust yourself, think about it. I have to do that quite often in some of my exercises. You know, I'll do Romanian deadlifts and I'll stop and think, right, okay, let's check this form now, readjust. But yeah, lat pull downs for me were always a big one over the years in feeling my back muscles. I couldn't, I just couldn't connect with them. It took a long time. Yeah. Pulling from it. the lats, people doing a lat pull down, nine times out of 10, they do it wrong. Yeah. I told my clients to send me a video of them doing lat pull down. And sorry, clients, I don't mean to <laughs> throw you under the bus, but all of them weren't doing it correctly. They were just shoulders were up forward and just like pulling from the shoulders and the arms instead of rolling back and then really pulling from the lats and think a lat pull down it is a hard one to engage and you really got to think about those lats yeah. when you're pulling i struggled with that for a long time when i first started i really did struggle with it but you know over time it got better my back became one of my strongest points then but it took time and effort so i think sometimes don't just don't expect it to happen overnight like keep at it keep thinking about it and don't be afraid to reduce the weights like Michelle said and just just pause like mid-set as well and just you know readjust yourself and think about it if you find yourself just drifting off and 
actually think right okay no back to the room what am i doing focus on this <laughs> and think about what muscle you're using as well so like a hip thrust for example depends on where you place your feet if you've got it in too much you feel it in your quads got to make too much you'll feel it in your hamstrings like jessica and i've got an app and it tells you what muscle is being worked like if you're doing a glute exercise and you can't feel it in your glutes and something's not quite right so readjust your position have a look at the video demonstration if you haven't got access to an app if you're not a client of minor justice like google it have a look at where your feet position is supposed to be your head position is supposed to be and then really engage and think about it so muscle connection mind to muscle connection is so important yeah definitely it's game changing for your physique you know you'll see much you'll see changes much more quickly if you do start to properly think and focus about the muscles focus on the muscles that you're actually using because otherwise it is just a case of throwing around a bit of weight yeah. without any sort of aim. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Right. The next question that we had was what is CrossFit Metcon functional training? So CrossFit slash Metcon slash functional training. Okay. So Disclaimer, this isn't my area of expertise here, so oh my. I'll, I'll say what I think, but I might be wrong. So if any more, I do have a CrossFit, a um, couple of clients who do CrossFit actually, so they might be listening or I'll ask them to double check what I've said. And if I've got it wrong, I'll update you later. <laughs> but my <laughs> understanding is that functional training focuses on training different functional movements of various muscles and parts of the body. So it's, it's got a goal of sort of improving your balance and your overall strength. And it helps in building muscles and balance that ideally help you in your daily life. So that's sort of hence the name functional training. It's about making you more functional in daily life. Um, so I think a lot of the exercises in functional training are about using body weight. Um, and it could be quite a challenge to actually incorporate body weight and balance properly. So yeah that's my idea of functional training crossfit is is a workout regimen basically it consists of a mixture of weightlifting gymnastics there's timed events and it's you know quite competitive and i think the overall goal in crossfit is to build strength while also improving endurance speed coordination flexibility balance you know there's a lot going on in crossfit and it's got a big combination of aerobic exercise gymnastic exercises flexibility weightlifting like moves to focus on building muscle strength so yeah a lot involved in crossfit workouts and then metabolic conditioning or metcon is just a, a style of training basically which was made popular um i think it was made popular by the crossfit community and it just describes bouts of or short bursts of higher intensity training basically which are with the goal is to increase your metabolic demand and your energy usage so you want to achieve in a metcon circuit a high level of output is about going really really hard and really intense over a short period of time with as little rest as possible so the idea is is to make your body more um, energy efficient to get you fitter so I've incorporated, I, if you think in terms of CrossFit, I think they would do things like AMRAP. So as many rounds as possible and 
certain types of wads and which are timed and those could be classed or some of them depending on what they look like could be classed as metcon sessions um i used to add metcon circuits in twice a week after my weight sessions which i really really enjoyed so that was a case of like um 15 minutes as many rounds as possible so i might do like a two minute sprint on the treadmill then i jump off the treadmill do like 20 jumps jump squats 20 press ups 20 sit ups whatever it was and then i'd get back on the treadmill two minutes and i'd do it non-stop for 15 minutes so you know i'd be blowing steam my face <laughs> would be absolutely bright red it was killer workouts but they're the type of workouts you can't you can't call it a metcon and then do it for 40 minutes because that's not really a metcon like the idea is a short and sharp you shouldn't really be able to do it for a long period of time like i'd say 15 minutes and is it when people say oh i did hit training for 45 minutes then you didn't do hit training <laughs> yeah you can't possibly do hit training for that long so you might be training at a high intensity but you're not doing high intensity interval training <laughs> so there is a difference there um so yeah i that's the type that's like the type of thing of a metcon and like amrap circuits so you might do or you might do an, a time circuit emom every minute on the minute for 15 minutes there's lots of things yeah so i did some of them in during lockdown so i did yeah. a few like like metcon circuits every minute on the minute circuits it's just because just to give the clients a bit of variety because yeah not everyone, I don't know why, really enjoys weight training. So it's just trying to cater for everyone. And just to give people some different workouts for, um, it's not my style of training, even though I did it with clients during lockdown. Um, they've now got them forever, which is recorded in the, in the group. But um, yeah, it's not really my style of training, to be honest, like Metcon. No. And I, I enjoyed those sessions. I don't mind adding like one or two in a week after, like as my cardio, but yeah, it's, it's not what I do all of the time, but yeah, I do enjoy a Metcon circuit like that. Another one, you know, you do, say for the example I just used with like a sprint on the treadmill, jump squats, sit-ups, press-ups, whatever it might be. And you might just do say five rounds, but time it. So you'll see how quickly you can do it. And then the next week you try and beat that. But the idea is basically a short, sharp, really intense, I just couldn't talk for ages afterwards. Like I'd have to lie on the floor and try not to pass That's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically they are bloody hard, but you feel amazing afterwards. But God, I used to dread them beforehand. So yeah, probably be a while before I add those back mm -hmm. in if I do. I remember I did hit once. Um, in a gym in Pontypridd, I used to go to GH gym and I did 15 minutes hit on the treadmill and I was probably hit where I was going really fast for 30 seconds, jumping on the side. And once I did my 15 minutes, I just led on the floor and a guy thought I'd come off, he come running over, are you okay? Oh, <laughs> I did off the <laughs> yeah, I just need to lay down, just need to leave me here. So <laughs> God, yeah. I do enjoy hit sometimes, but it takes me a while to get into it. Like I. I don't mind the odd session. I couldn't do it all the time, but you shouldn't really be doing it all the time anyway, I guess. Just once or twice a week, short, sharp blast. I used to do um, dead mill hit. Have you done that? Oh, I used to get my clients to do dead mills. Oh my God, <laughs> it's like the most disgusting thing ever. If anyone doesn't know, a dead mill is where you don't switch the treadmill on. So you hold the bar at the, at the front, you like push 
the power through your legs to get the belt moving and then you just don't turn the treadmill on you run as fast as you can god i think i'd get to like 15 20 seconds and oh it's a killer but i used to get them to do it if you actually do it really slow as well you oh, yeah, the core. yeah if you do it really really slow it really engages you use your core to push it it that's a killer going I slow i haven't tried that i went really really fast when i did it and god it was horrendous i don't think i could do that now i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> give i'd uh i'll take 45 minutes of list please instead <laughs> yes <laughs> right okay what's the next question awesome so somebody asked what are the best exercises for me well one obviously depends on what your goal is but we're just going to explain like our style of training and what we personally think is best for you to change the female body shape and that's going to be resistance training um, with progressive overload over time um, basically this was a client of mine so my answer is what exercise is best for me your training plan <laughs> the exercises <laughs> on your training plan that's what's best for you follow your plan so yeah so resistance training so we all should know now especially our listeners um that resistance training is the key to change your body shape so everyone these days wants the hourglass shapes so nice shoulders arms nice small waist toe legs nice bum but you're not going to get that doing cardio you're not going to get that always doing like metcon training it's resistance training with progressive overload so what we mean by progressive overload is i think we explained this in one of the other podcasts it's basically either like lifting heavier over time reducing your um your rest times increasing uh, the reps within the weight so there's loads of different ways that you can um progress within your training so basically resistance training is best for you <laughs> client of mine <laughs> yeah okay well that's your client so <laughs> yeah follow the plan <laughs> Okay, so we've got another question on the similar topic. What exercise is best for building glutes? Okay, so this is a question that gets asked a lot. And, you know, not always just in terms of glutes, it's in terms of abs and all sorts. There is no one best exercise for any body part. So I just want to say that because the best exercise is a multiple, you know, multiple exercises put together in a training plan to hit that body part from a variety different of angles. Different angles you know you want to hit it in different a different form of tempo a different rep range you want to be lifting different weights so this is why when you have a plan and it's structured over time you know you'll have these different areas of hypertrophy you might be doing a week or a couple of weeks or a phase of your training plan more at the 12 to 15 rep level where your weights are going to be a little bit lighter but then you might progress on to heavier weights or you might progress the variation so you might move from a normal hip thrust to b stance hip thrust and yeah just hitting things from different angles so when it comes to glutes i mean hip thrusts are really really good but like we said earlier sometimes people take it too far to the point where they're not they can't actually feel it in their glutes they're not thinking about it actually you only really need the top quarter of the movement that's the bit where it's purely glute focused, you know, when you're doing the proper full thrust. So I would say drop the weight, squeeze the top quarter, just up and down, nice, slow, controlled tension. Don't rush it. Pause for a second at the top, come down, straight back up. Um, 
and you, you're just going to want a wide variety of exercises you're going to want things like deadlift variations while that might not be the best glute building exercise it's still going to help you're going to want uh, unilateral exercises so single leg exercises so you're going to want to add in things like split squats and reverse lunges and things like that you're going to want to add in squats some hip abduction movements you want to work you know the upper and outer glutes so yeah just a variety there is no one best exercise for building glutes or any other body part you because like we said you want to hit things in different ranges different tempos different um strengths focus at different phases and all of that is going to be the best but following it in a structured way you know not just going in each session and doing random things it's about thinking about it and going through these various phases and really focusing on on what you're actually doing and i'd say you don't want to go in and do the same exercise over and over again you want to add in all of this variety that's why you know you can go in and do a shoulder workout for a whole hour because you can hit the delts from different oh, animals and there's so much that you can do people used to say how do you train shoulders for an hour no, like because there's so much to do like there's a lot <laughs> of and you've got all these different ranges and things that you can angles that you can hit them from so yeah it's about alternating really between heavy light different angles unilateral movements double leg movements and just progressing on all of those over over time and you know focusing on eccentric holds and then focusing on pauses in the concentric There's so much that's why like when you've got a coach they'll write the plan for you and you don't need to think about it so much and it's why when i have clients you know who come to me they've got experience of going to the gym They're like i already train four days a week two upper two lower i'll give them a training plan two upper two lower four days in the week but the difference is it's a structured plan with a lot of thought behind it and they're like wow if it makes a massive difference when you're actually following a plan and it really does it really does and you know if you can't afford a coach you can find out these things online as well you know there's lots yeah of there's so much free information yeah. Out there. yeah if you can't afford a coach just try and just try and add in a, equally i'm not saying go and do absolutely every exercise in every session either <laughs> so don't mistake that this i mean in like phases over over time so in one session you're going to want an exercise that's you know a hip abduction then you're going to want things that are hitting it from the lengthened position hitting the glutes in a lengthened position a shortened position and all of that but yeah you don't need to go and do 15 different exercises in a glute session do absolutely every one it's about <laughs> phases and chunks progressing over time and switching things up you know after you've exhausted one one phase of a training program yeah, nice. And also ones that you're going to feel it in your glutes because like she squats, bro, for me, is not true because I can't feel the glutes in my in squats. It's a quad exercise. It's a quad exercise. So there used to be, I don't know if it's there anymore, but on Facebook there was a group, she squats, bro. Um, and it was just full of women with nice asses. And I was like, yeah, I can't feel it in my glutes doing squats. <laughs> So yeah. you just got to pick exercises that um, you can feel it in your glutes. Like for most people, they don't feel it with no, the squat. Exactly. You feel it in your quads. But some people can feel it in the glutes. But so again, um, 
just pick exercises you can really use mind to muscle connection i mean really feel it in the glutes and like jess said um you want to be hitting the glutes from all angles your glutes are made up with three muscles you need to be hitting all three yeah cool 100%. and one thing like so many people they they'll go in and do sumo squats sumo deadlifts thinking that that's just purely glutes and it's not it's adductors and you're going to be hitting more of those so actually like you see girls doing all these weird angles on the leg press and re feet really high and really wide when in fact hitting your glutes is better if you bring your legs in a bit narrower still high to hit the glutes but if you put them wide it's hitting more adductors so don't don't follow everyone on instagram yeah just pick the basic movements and do them well if you and I, I enjoy sumo deadlifts and sumo squats but they're not the be all and end all for building glutes basically no exactly that's why my clients will always have um or they probably listen to this, this and thinking hey i've got high and narrow and wide and um, well, yeah i still do them i still do those it's just people think that that's the only way that they're going to be hitting glutes when in fact there's it's not well our plans are not designed to just hit glutes are they we're, we're yeah. all around another time. one that, that makes me laugh is everyone on the abductor machine to do their glutes oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. always on the abductor like in my last gym you could never get on the abductor machine there's always someone on there stood up <laughs> <laughs> i love the abductor machine but god is it kills but you definitely can't just do that for you know for your glutes <laughs> you're hitting your adductors <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah basically the answer is lots of exercises not just one there is no best one and it's about doing the exercise that you enjoy and that you can perform properly and that you can really feel it basically because we're all different as well all of us are structured and built differently so we prefer different different movements different exercises i absolutely hate barbell squats but some people absolutely love them i love them i hate hip thrusts absolutely hate them. i love hip thrusts see like we're just different i love them. i got um, i gotta do them three times a week <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it is a bit of a love-hate relationship with them isn't it it's like well, I think the main thing is setting them up. You're like, oh. That's why I think I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much hassle. Yeah, it is, it is hard work. You're like, oh, I mainly do them on the Swift machine. I don't have to find a bench or find a, a yeah. short, um, what do you call it, step and well, that's find what a barbell. I've got the Swift machine at home. It's just so much easier. I just, just love it. Yeah, <laughs> just so much easier. Okay, what's the next question? So next one. So I've got quite a lot to read out on this one. So someone asked can you get rid of loose skin now this is asked by someone who lost five stone um in a very short space of time during lockdown um and she's left with a lot of excess excess skin on her, um, her arms mainly her stomach and her inside thigh um so first of all i'm gonna read out what causes loose skin after weight loss so the skin is the largest organ in the body and forms a protective barrier against the environment. Now, the innermost layer of your skin consists of proteins, including collagen and elastin. And collagen, which makes up 80% of your skin structure, provides, provides firmness and strength, whereas the elastin provides elasticity and helps your skin to stay tight. Now, during weight gain, the skin expands to make room for increased growth in the abdomen and other parts of the body. 
Now, pregnancy is example of one expansion. Now, skin is expansion during pregnancy incurs over a few months' time, and the expanded skin typically retracts within several months of the baby's birth. Now, by contrast, most overweight and obese people carry extra weight for years, often beginning as early as childhood or adolescence. Now, when skin has been significantly stretched and remains that way in a long period of time, so people who are obese and have been overweight for quite a long time, the collagen and elastin fibers become damaged. Now, as a result, the loose... Um, as a result, they lose some of their ability to retract. So basically, when you're overweight for a long period of time, your skin gets damaged. So when you then lose weight, the skin loses the ability to then retract with the weight loss. Now, factors that influence the skin, um, the loss of skin, elasticity. Did you say it? Elasticity. Elasticity, I was right. <laughs> so several factors. Um, contribute contribute to loose skin following weight loss so length of time so in general the longer someone has been overweight or obese the looser their skin will be after weight loss due to the elastin and collagen loss now the other one is amount of weight loss now weight loss over um, 100 pounds um like 46 kilos or more, typically results in greater amount of hanging skin, the more modest weight loss. Age, older skin has less collagen than younger skin and tends to be looser following weight loss. Genetics, genes may affect how your skin responds to weight gain or weight loss. Skin exposure, so chronic skin exposure has been shown to reduce the skin's collagen and elastin production which may contribute to loose skin and smoking. Smoking leads to a reduction in collagen production and damages the existing collagen, resulting in loose, saggy skin. Um, so yeah, there's loads of other things I've got written down here, but basically, um, if you have loose skin and you've lost all the weight, realistically, no, it's, it's not gonna go, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I think I've covered why um, you get loose skin. And so if you haven't got that much weight to lose and you're worried about having loose skin and you're fairly young um, and you haven't been weight for, for very long, then your skin will probably retract. But if you've been overweight for a long time and you may be a bit older, then unfortunately you may end up with loose skin. Yeah, I think in that situation, it's just about weighing up the pros and the cons. I mean just focus on, yeah focus on the positives in life that you've lost all of that weight you've become healthier you're gonna you know have a much more prolonged life more often than not you're gonna feel better in yourself you're gonna be more energetic fitter so i would just say just try not to focus if you have got a lot of loose skin just try not to you know focus too much on that and focus on all of the achievements that you have made to get you to that point because you know that loose skin isn't going to define you as a part of your story it's a part of your journey where you've been what you've done and i just just own it with pride basically Which yeah exactly i have got a client who's lost a lot of weight so obviously the one that's lost um five stone she come to me after she's lost the five stone she yeah. lose the five stone with me 
Um, and I've got a client who's lost nearly four stone now. She's a bit older. Um, and she's left with some um, skin. Um, and she doesn't mind me saying because you don't know who she is. But she's going to have it removed. Um, so she's lost a lot of weight yeah. now. We've got a little bit more um, to lose now before she has her procedure. But... Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, something you've got to live with. But yeah, like Jess says, you'll think of the positives. You're healthier, you're fitter, you're going to be around longer for your children. Um, there's so much more positives to losing that body fat than, you know, having the excess skin. So, yes, 100%. Well, thanks for going through all of that, though. That was really interesting to hear, I'm sure, for everybody. Because it's a question that comes up a lot, actually, isn't it? But with what can I do with my loose skin? And yeah. It's difficult it's um it's just the body really and we can't no matter what you know more often than not no matter what training program or whatever we give you it's just not gonna not gonna go completely unless you are a little bit younger skin's a little bit firmer and it's got that bit more of elasticity in it and you know sometimes you can sort of mask the look of it a little bit depending on the, the scale of it with you know weight training filling it up with some muscle and building up a little bit but it's never going to be you know completely gone so yeah that is interesting a question that does come up a lot so hopefully that has helped to answer that question yeah hopefully and that's it that's all the questions we had this time amazing well fab I can't remember what we're discussing next. We need to get back together and get our heads together and come up with our list. Well, we're together on the weekend and we because we're going to London. Yes, so we'll uh, we don't know. Every what time I think about us going to London, I always get that song in my head. When I sent you last time, I'm oh. going to London to buy a heat, heat magazine. magazine. We're going to London to buy a heat magazine. Yeah, I remember that as well. That was a, that advert was so old, but it's, it's just so like, old. When I sent I it to you, I thought. Yeah, I didn't realise how old it is. It looks like, yeah, it was in like in the 80s. I know. When was it? We have to find out. I think it was like early 90s. It looks it anyway. Yeah, I think it must have been early 90s. I was young. I searched for it and that was the only video I could find. Yeah, yeah, it was early 90s. It must have been, surely. But yeah, it's funny how these little things just stick with us, isn't it? Yeah. I can still remember... <laughs> The words to like the Lombard Direct advert. <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's like an insurance advert. Wait there. I've, I've just said I can remember it all. Now I've gone and forgotten it all because I'm under pressure. I'm oh, thinking of adverts now. Do you know what advert come into my mind? Oh, you're younger than me. I don't know if you'll remember it. What? Um, Mr. Soft. Oh, I yes, if you remember that. I remember that. <laughs> What was the one direct? It was something like, I've just got us a great deal on the loan. For an unsecured personal loan of up to £25,000, call Lombard Direct on <laughs> <laughs> But I remembered like the whole... You know the number as well? Yeah. Old hundred. I think it was 315000 the number or something like that. I'm going to, I'll have to go back over it and um, practice it ready for next time because I could remember the whole advert. I remember all these weird things. It's weird what you remember, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I can still remember the the first couple of sentences from my Spanish GCSE oral exam, when which was literally how many years ago? Like eighteen years ago. <laughs> it's so weird. My my mind just retains all of this stuff, <laughs> but never the stuff that I want it to retain, which is annoying. <laughs> I know it's just random stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Right, okay. Well, anyway, it's good to be back. We'll be back on a weekly basis now. So we're going to get some topics together for you. And yeah, looking forward to getting stuck back in now and making it a bit more of a... We might even have some guests. Ooh. Yes, we are planning on having some guests. And I think we're also going to bling, bring... Um, bling? <laughs> we're going to bring some of our clients on as well at some point who are yeah. going to share some of their journey too. So yeah, exciting times coming up. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we're back. And hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, podcast and tune in next week. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And if you are listening to us on Apple or if you could go on iTunes and please leave us a review. I don't think you can do that on Spotify, but if you can go into... No, you can follow us on Spotify. Yeah. But yeah, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated because it'll help us to get the podcast out there a little bit more, help spread the word. And yeah, hopefully we can share more advice and tips to other people. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.